Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. Argyle are back with a bang and so are we. The original panel back together under one roof. Mark Lovell, Tom Kirk, Alex Hind and Callum Mayer. Mark, you're on after a win. People can see the real Mark Lovell now. A positive, upbeat, chirpy guy. How are you feeling after that? Absolutely. Um, what a result. The joy of six. Looking forward to... Uh unraveling it all with you today yeah yeah and chris aka callum how you doing mate i think everyone should know more for alex that it is currently 6 29 a.m in miami alex 5 29 a.m yeah so if this this may affect the minutes stays the same (laughs) oh yeah good point um the quiz earlier might be a bit earlier, later might be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, because you, usually you're flying through it. Tom, how you doing? Very good. Very good, Archie. Privileged to be there yesterday. Uh, yeah. My young son met the uh, hat-trick hero after the final whistle. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll rank in the memory of one of the great days at Home Park, for sure. I mean, yeah, let's get into it. How, how good was it in terms of those great uh, days at Home Park? Where does it rank for you? Well, um, I always think the time sort of dampens these things. We often heightened immediately after, but it's right up there. Um, 4-0 at half time. That's rare. I mean, it's rare to be 4-0 at any point ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the, there's a there's a game against uh, Chesterfield many years ago, which was a bit similar to that. I was hoping for something similar. Um, so that was stunning. It was euphoric. Um felt like all the anxiety that we'd felt over the past week just disappeared right in front of our eyes and we felt like world beaters again that's a lovely feeling um yeah really really good uh mate six six goals six two you know super i'm um i'll I'll just end up waffling if i talk about how good it is because you know it's it's quite obvious (laughs) all right how how bad were norwich we don't have we won't linger too much on it but alex how bad were they or were we just too good? I think we were really good. We were really good. They um, they weren't terrible at all. They were. They had their moments. They got some really good players. They mm. perhaps weren't expecting our formation change. I've pulled out. I think Duffy probably will be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see his resignation retirement note handed in. Um, going back through the goals, uh, there was a few moments where. He will be reflecting and thinking he probably should have had a better day. But I really think, I mean, we absolutely slaughtered them in the week. I think we've got to give them the full credit for for, for for Saturday, to be honest. Yeah, well, let's let's get into that. That formation change, that was a shock, wasn't it? We haven't seen it since um, last season. Tom, in the ground, what what was your feeling of it? it must have, we didn't see it coming through the back. It looked a little bit more flexible than... Uh, the initial thoughts might have suggested um, couldn't decide whether because you know feel like Gibson and Plaggy probably could play fullback. I mean, when they're playing the, the two centre half formation, you've got to be fullback as well. Um, there was definitely a lot of interchange. Felt like Lewis Gibson was left back at times. Um, Barley Mumbo was going man for man with their right winger, right wing back, whatever you call him, um, Jack Stacey, who covered a lot of ground. So there was times where Barley dropped into the left back role and the defence was a was a flat three. And there were times where it looked like Edwards was right back, Gibson was left, left back. Um, you know, it looked a very bespoke game plan and it worked a treat. And the uh, 
don't want to be caught, uh, accused of too much resulting here, but the uh, the game plan got the results that it merited. Well, that's exactly what it was, according to Shuey in his um, post-match presser, because I think we're all thinking, is this it? Argyle reverting to type a bit after a few dodgy results, but it was very much tailored to play against Norwich, um, which is interesting. And we'll come on to it later, you know, how we'll line up against Hull, but it makes you think possibly it's a one-off or we are just um, flexing our tactical muscles, so to say, and um, adapting to the opposition. Mark, let's have a bit of your posit- positivity, shall we? Well, we said on the last pod we needed to bounce back and show a reaction. Um, football's a funny game, isn't it? I mean, no, no one would have expected a 6-2 route. Um, but it's amazing what happens when you get that first goal at home. Um we played, we got that first goal and there was no way back after that for Norwich. We kept the foot on, on the throat and we pushed home the advantage and the players really expressed themselves. And Morgan Whitaker, you know, obviously he'll get the headlines uh, for his hat-trick, but Finn Azaz was absolutely outstanding as well. Yeah, real, real quality and back to you know, last season's form when he when he first started with us. So absolutely amazing. Football never ceases to amaze you. Just when you think, you know, after Bristol City that we were, you know, we were in a little bit of a rut. And now here we are. And, you know, I had a lot of questions in, in the week after that. Um, Bristol City, oh, sixth place, Mark, you're a mug. Okay, it's still, you know, unlikely, but it's back on. I thought it was really interesting that you say there about no way back and about it being about fine margins is that um, it's odd, isn't it? The first goal doesn't go in yesterday's a completely different game. There were a few moments that really shaped the course of the game. Um, there was a there was a ball across the box at 1-0, which Hazard didn't really deal with. If that goes in, it's one all. It's a little bit different. Um, the, the the real headline was the, the two goals in stoppage time. Yeah, I feel that's the bit that Norwich will wish they would have done a little bit better. They were going to try and make it 2-1 in hindsight. They shouldn't have done that because the what what really stopped them coming back. Because they had a go at it in the second half and they scored a couple of goals and put some pressure on. But the mountain was too steep at that point because they'd let those two goals in at, uh, in at stoppage time. And then as they pushed and as they pushed, it only left um, more gaps for us to exploit. Um, but our, our, um, our Fab Four up front were at their very best yesterday. I think Barley had a lot to do defensively as well, which is perhaps why he wasn't um, as contributory in the attacking third. But uh, we um, we made goals out of most things, didn't we? I mean, actually, it was it wasn't a thrashing as such. There was about sixteen shots, ten on target, six goals. It's a pretty good return. Yeah, we finally. Just, just, no, go on, go on. Just one, just one thing on that. When you said about that early ball across the box, like, I, I know I know exactly where you're coming from. But, it, you know, on another day, it could have been different. But the other thing that happened yesterday is the first time, I can't remember, we turned over a corner or something. Anyway, they went on a break. I said when we were chatting in our little group, like I, I cheered almost as loudly at that point for there to be five players swarming around the ball as I did when we scored. Like, I'm not sure it might have been, not. it might not have been that different if that had gone in because we did seem to just... We filled the pitch up. Like we constantly looked like there was very little room for them to play. And so, Tom, I know what you mean. You know, they score first, it's a different day. But actually, I think that really stuck out to me yesterday. 
Not only did we score six, apart from you know a little little spell, we stopped them playing. We really did. Yeah, Norwich, yeah. Norwich averaged more than two goals a game, so let's not be too disappointed about the two. We still conceded less than the average that they've been scoring um, this season. And on that point, Chris, I was wondering all the way through. I was like, does does today happen without Tuesday? I suppose you know, in terms of that attitude and the just the zip and the pace and the energy that everybody had. I guess we'll never really know, but but it but I was sitting there thinking this is a reaction, but I don't want the really good performance, the the preparation and the setup and just how well everybody played across the pitch to be reduced to that though at the same time. Um I, I think it was also just in its own kind of in isolation a really outstanding performance. I agree. I agree with all of that, and I will refer back to what Mark says. Football's a fascinating game, isn't it? Because there's so many variables in that. Uh, I think we were fortunate they were missing their two strikers, um, and and their form's dipped off since their Norwich. So that's that's a that's the luck that we've had. We've had some luck, but again, um, with the luck that we had yesterday, there was you know just some really really good individual but there wasn't a bad individual performance there was varying scales of excellence in their performance but you know everybody put a shift in yesterday it felt like the first time i've seen the attack really really click and i know it's easy to say after we scored flipping six goals but a few times i'm thinking almost also at home you can picture these breakaways and the final ball not being quite there and they're just not being on the same page and yesterday just clicked in a massive in a massive massive way um, it, it, which was good to on that. It did, but if you're, and I think this was all over Twitter, and you could even see it on a, in every sense, shaky stream yesterday. Their their the away end looked amazing, mm. um, like their their play to them. But if you're in that away end, you would be sat there going, "How have they constantly got at least two, if not three, if not four on one whenever they break?" So our it, they they had their Bristol City right where whatever they did just failed on every level, which enabled us to have the space. I get your point. You know, you still have to con- um, convert them, but yeah, it was that they we did to them what had just happened to us. Yeah, it was interesting. Shui mentioned that how they noticed they um, overload the central areas, Norwich that is. So they try to kind of counter that and also have players in the central areas, and then but also keeping those guys free up front, and it really worked, didn't it? It was. Um, yeah, it was quite spectacular. Mark, at 5-2, was it just me that was wobbling a bit? Because Norwich were having a moment, weren't they? And there was about 15, 20 minutes left, and you're starting to think, surely not. Well, Archie, there's absolutely no need to be that negative. Uh, of course, we let in three goals against Crystal Palace in five minutes, but we, yeah, we had our... We had our A team on the pitch. We had this new defensive formation in place. Yeah, obviously, in the end, we won six-two. Obviously, when you're a Argyle fan, you're not you're expecting things regularly to go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just expect- what was in front of in front of my eyes. They were coming again and again and again, and we were. I don't know how it stopped. I think there was an injury or a goal kick. There was a few, I think a few in quick succession and that really kind of took the sting out of Norwich's attack. But there was about five minutes where we couldn't get a foot on the ball. And yeah, we weathered the storm. And obviously there's, <laughs> there's a three goal, th- three goal uh, margin to to uh, 
protector, so to say. But um, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit negative, but I was worried. I, I'll be honest, I was. You, you felt the momentum shift. Tom, was that like that in the ground or just being... Well, it, it, I'm giggling there because, I mean, there's that there's that nonsense phrase that 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline, which, you know, means nothing. I mean, hilarious that 5-0 is a dangerous scoreline. 5-2. Um, yeah, look, they, they, they were... Uh, well, they were they were, they were a good side. They were threatening. Mm. They brought a guy on their number 20, with yeah. blonde hair, came down the left-hand side. I think where I noticed it switched, not that I felt that the result was in... Um, in doubt, obviously we had we'd had it in recent experience with Crystal Palace scored a lot of goals very quickly. So I'm I'm a, I'm aware that how uh, some self doubt would start sneaking in if they were to score maybe three, maybe four goals very quickly. So they only got two. Um, yeah, they they definitely had some joy down that right side. Joe and Pleggy were excellent in the first half uh, yesterday, and Chris in Miami correctly spotted a a, a, a breakaway from a there was a turnover which they then turn back sweeping up very very well um where we'd failed on on the opposite side against Bristol City um in the first half beginning part of the second those guys were solid down that side that's a nice combo uh Edwards and and Plegothwello um when they made the change they did overload that area they had a, their, their best player was down that side anyway and then they added another and Pleggy and Joe looked a little tired um not, not a, um, you know, Joe maybe a little out of his depth, but, um, you know, they were getting some joy there and there was some threats. And obviously if it got to 5-3, Archie, I'm sort of writing your point off at the moment. If it got to 5-3, mm, don't know. But then you have to look back. The penalty de- decision was looked a joke from where I was sat and then I watched yeah, it, it back. It was. And it was. And that gave them, you know, that shouldn't have been given. So then that's 5-1. And so yeah. you talk about a scenario where it's 5-2, um and you know we're we're kind of what you're saying here is mm, they're having a lot of the ball and they've scored two goals quickly but they got a big helping hand on that front um oh, yeah. in hindsight there was nothing to uh worry about was there no no there wasn't um i'd like to time a few weeks ago, preston pod you made the point about um possession not being king in the championship it was interesting that the, that trend continued um with Argyle only getting 31% possession yesterday compared to 67 um, at the 67 at Deepdale, sorry, last week. Yeah, that's, an, that's not much, is it? It's incredible, really. Incredible shift. It wasn't even so much of that. And um, Mark or Alex might have some thoughts on this. Alex likes the stats and Mark likes uh, likes the likes the, the only statistic that matters in football. But I, I think I saw one, which is something like, we passed the ball about a third of what they did. Maybe we mm. didn't even hit 200 passes. And, and the passing accuracy was quite low. Maybe sixty percent, and they were in the five to six hundred with really high passing accuracy. But bear in mind, you know, it was clear what we were doing. Alex made a point of it earlier about uh, Duffy was that we um, we had a game plan and we decided to test repeatedly our, our trump card, which was Ryan Hardy darting at aging centre halves and making them, you know, um, debut for the dump button on this one, but shit themselves. Um, and there was chaos, you know, even where Ryan didn't get on the end of the ball, um, that generally led to goals. Um, there was chaos uh, that ensued. There was then an overload of our players in those areas. And, and most of our goals came from there. Um, little word for Ryan Hardy, by the way, well, there was some noise when he signed his contract about he wasn't good enough for the championship. Well, I think that the, 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 that was a nonsense take by some people who should know better if they watch him a lot. Um, Ryan Hardy's been sensational this season, and he was yesterday, and not just the goals. He caused their back line no end of problems. 
all the insecurity that gave us the space came from him, you know, and and obviously, look, I'm not writing off the contribution of Finazaz, who was sensational yesterday, maybe his best game for Plymouth Argyle, picking up and finding those holes. But the instigator of all the problems was Ryan Hardy. Yeah, I mean, it was nonsense. Although we, I think we've got to acknowledge the context that Ryan Hardy was okay last season, or maybe good, but this season he's outstanding. And... Yeah, I'm blown He does away, better but... in that system. We've we've discussed yeah. this, and this is this is his forte. Here is this system that we played yesterday, which is we're going to keep it solid. We're not going to have as much of the ball. We have got some defending to do because the team we're playing is really good. And what do we do if our chances or our opportunities have got to be quick and limited because we're not going to have the chance to build, which is what I think Shui would like to do, and that is to gamble, calculated gamble on those through balls and those quick attacks at Hardy. And yes, look, on paper, that's going to look like fewer chances, fewer passes completed. It's going to look like hoofball. It's not, is it? it it's far more um, beautiful than that and far more attractive to watch. But what you can see in the stats there is we are backing ourselves to make very good of the chances we create. And yesterday, even, you know, you can say, well, six goals, how 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 often does that happen? But I think there was a couple of big chances missed as well. We mm. created really good quality chances and seven, eight, nine of them, you know? What I like about Hardy yesterday in this formation that's slightly different from the 4-3-3 is that the players either side of him are just slightly narrower. So rather than them bombing down the wings, he's got men closer to him. And for the first goal, you really saw it where Hardy, who's usually pushing on the last man, ready to sort of gallop through and do his thing. He just drops five yards off the front. Duffy comes with him. And then the ball goes past Hardy with Morgan or Azaz on the other side. But it was, in this case, Whitaker bombing on beyond him. And that's how that first goal came about. Um, I don't think that happens if you've got the two players much wider. And it's that kind of thing of if Hardy can do his playing on the shoulder of the last man nine times out of ten, on that tenth time where he just switches it and drops, it can throw their back line into disarray. And it really worked for that first goal yesterday. I'd like to see... Possibly, if we play this again, Hardy doing that more, just very occasionally dropping off and everyone goes, well, it's like Duffy pulled him five yards up the pitch and then there was that space in behind. That worked really well with that formation. How much do we do we think Azaz and Morgan benefited from playing at those more central roles, those two number 10s, rather than being out wide? They looked like they enjoyed themselves, didn't they? They looked like they were having so much fun out there. Finazaz to go into a game that big with that much pressure on the team to perform and get a result and, and make a point and show that we're not just here to turn up and lose and be in a relegation fight. He was playing with the freedom of a guy who looked like we were at the top end of the table. Mm. Um, credit to the management, I guess, for sending him out there with that mindset. But I think that's down to him as well. They both seem to really enjoy that central role. I think Finazaz likes to be involved. He kind of likes to be a bit of a talisman. And, and yesterday lent itself to that for him, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we'll bring this one to you. Morgan Whittaker, record signing. I would say our best signing ever in terms of stature. He could easily, this could easily have not worked out. You know, you've seen it happen before. One million pound signing. A lot of feeling there, a lot of emotion from both sides. We love the guy, he loves us. But he started really, really well, you know? And we can't take it for granted, can we? So hope he stays fit. Yeah, I mean, it was a great bit of business. 
um, we're we're very lucky to have him, and I'm sure he appreciates being a Plymouth Argyle player because we've showed him the love that he hasn't been given uh, at other clubs, especially at Swansea, uh, where he was treated a little bit shabbily. And now, you know, we've seen yesterday exactly what he's capable of. And hopefully he can keep it going and show that on away away matches as well. Mm. And, you know, really push on from here and make him a top-level championship player, if not Premier League prospect, with goals and assists. Um, he's got he's got great vision, a great pass, and he's a good fish finisher with his left foot. And uh, if he's playing with total confidence, there's absolutely no limit to where he can go in this game. Yeah, I'm just delighted to see him do well because I think none of us really anticipated a world in which he doesn't do well. You know, he did great for us last season. We signed him and you just think he'll he'll be great. But there's a lot of pressure on him, a lot of pressure on him. And he's just done, he's done ever so well. I'm poorly articulating myself, but I'm over the moon for him. And I, just... I think he I think he backs himself, mate. Um, uh, I think possibly where it's fallen down before is, look, um, I think we know his shortcomings defensively. Mm. And um, I would like to think that in his time with us, he'll possibly work on that. Um, but there's also uh, a bit of me that thinks that we've brought him to do a specific job. Sure, he knows, you know, this is this is my guy who I'm going to build everything from and this is where I'm going to put him. You know, that goal cutting in on his left. I mean, how many times have we seen that? That was back to his best, wasn't it? I'm surprised they even gave him that space. Actually, they can't have been mm. paying attention. Um, really good to see. Glad he got his hat-trick. He's only other sc- uh, ever scored one other hat-trick in his career. And uh, I remember it. It was against us. Um, you know, he's already cementing himself into Argyle folklore with these sort of contributions. Um, you know, Vincent Pericard scored a hat-trick for us a very long time ago. Three of maybe his only goals. There's a debate we were having off air about whether there was uh, any more or not. And he's still heralded. We don't get hat-tricks at home park very often, mm-hmm. certainly not in the league. Um, absolute privilege to be there. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. The thing is, you know, when we see them before, they hat-tricks come as a surprise. But you know he's got the he's got the skills to pay the bills, this boy. And um, I'm Archie, very, you say about fun. you say about him being under pressure, but the way he pulled that first goal back across to just roll it into the bottom right hand corner, there was absolutely no pressure there at all. Mm. And you can tell again, kind of like I was saying about Finazaz, he's clearly absolutely just full of confidence, like you say, Tom backs himself. I don't think there's anybody else in our squad who would finish that. Everybody else would try and put it across the goalkeeper into that corner, which is where all the defenders and all the goalkeeper, all of the goalkeepers, there's one of them, thought it was going. Um, And the way he just had the composure and the time to just roll it back across and with the little reverse just says, shows what absolute class this young man is. Mm, Uh, That was good from the... uh... Sorry, Alex. That was good from the coaching or the backup staff that they highlighted that Norwich defenders tend to block the line of vision from the goalkeepers and they encouraged the Argyle attackers to do exactly what Morgan did. So it it worked out perfectly, yeah. People have been getting a lot of block shots in, Mark, against us recently, haven't they? I mean, and um, in another realm... We score more goals than we have been to recently. People have been getting good blocks in against us. And yeah, Norwich seem to 
you know have many qualities but something they didn't prioritize was was uh was doing that and um, just to find a word on it archie i mean <laughs> six goals 10 shots on target 16 shots that's an incredible conversion record i mean mm-hmm. yep. it, what when they didn't play in the week you know what we thought we'd be lacking they put it well on display here i i want to give shui a load of credit one for all the credit he's got in the bank and two for executing a superb game plan absolutely superb absolutely nailed it but those guys there was a subtle uh, reminder there to never be dropped again you know i mean the fab four back in business i mean on tuesday against bristol city it was like you know it's like we had the beatles on the bench and we had the basic rollers out let's, let's be honest that, um, that's the that, that that's that's the difference isn't it four one no. swing to six two largely yes game plan but you've got to have that quality the quality that we've paid some big money for um, um yeah those, those fab four we'll touch on that in part two um that'll be kind of the base of our discussion really before we head off for a break mark can you give us a quick bit of um adam randall appreciation because yesterday it's probably his best um game of the season best performance of the season and in a different role slightly deeper he was good love him to bits absolutely really buzzing for him like you know on another day it's a man of the match performance but uh, Whitaker may get more plaudits than him Randall you know big role in setting up the first goal with that cushioned header and he went from strength to strength maybe tired at the end because no, you know no. he was heavily involved Tuesday, but you know, absolutely, you know, he's and he always get extra marks from me because he's one of our own. Absolutely. And one one last mention for someone before we uh, wrap up this part: the Moose. He made his debut, albeit a, a small one. Got an assist. Um, yeah, buzzing for him. Tom, how was he received by the home park crowd? Yeah, he was getting good um, reception, just warming up as well. Obviously, everybody's always excited for a. New signing to make their home part debut, particularly an exciting attacker that nobody knows huge much about. And look, he came on. It's very clear in the brief, isn't it? Give them something to worry about so we don't sit too deep, even though it was 5-2 at the time. But like you say, Archie, they were putting a little bit of pressure on. I don't think anybody would like to have gone into what was became a substantial amount of stoppage time under any more pressure than we were. And and there were some gaps. And, you know, he had a couple of touches and he made one of them count, you know, already matching, you know, someone like Mario Balotelli's assist. Uh, record ever at Man City was one and he's already matched that in a couple of minutes and laid it superbly in the path of Luke Cundall who um who didn't play um he's had some good moments Luke um but actually he's turned into a bit of a we were talking about sort of players like Adam Randall who got lots of skills um and but possibly getting a nosebleed in front of goal and some other players have been accused that this season but I can't say the same for Cundall actually you know um lethal in front of yep. goal with the amount of minutes and touches he's had three goals this season which is um as many as he got in the whole of last season on loan at Swansea so impressive impressive mm. stuff but I mean look uh, three three touches to judge him by but you know I love him already yeah yeah no me too me too that's the, mo- no, the moose by the way long live the moose alright on that note we'll uh, take a wee break and be back for part two to discuss uh, the Fab Four All right, guys, welcome back to part two. We were talking about, as we wrapped up part one, the Fab Four. And let's look at half of the Fab Four, which is Hardy and Whitaker. They're currently top in the championship um, rankings when it comes to goals and assists. Hardy's number one with eight, Whitaker's uh, number two with seven. These guys are quite, quite frankly irreplaceable for us, aren't they? And more to that point, I was shocked, to be honest, or you know, shocked, surprised, 
that Shuey didn't make a change until the 80th minute. And now, like post Bristol City, you know, he was getting pelters for making seven changes, and we've kind of now gone to the other extreme of the argument with not making a change until the 70th minute. Um, yeah, look to me, we we need to be wrapping these guys up in cotton wool. If those two get injured, I would have major concerns about our status in the championship. Tom, how would you how do you feel about that? Um, in the last week, it's clear we've got a depth problem, isn't it? We didn't think about it in terms of number of personnel, but what we've learned in the last week is we've got a very different A and B team. And, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a bit bored of having to apologise for sort of writing a few players off, but there's a big gap, yeah. There's a there's a very big gap between our best 11, yeah, which gave Norwich a spanking yesterday, and the team that went out against Bristol City, which was, you know, would, isn't even proven at League One level, let's be honest, some of those players. Um, and that, yep. and I do mean that in attack. You know, Shui made a good point about the changes at the back were, um, you know, less... Uh, noteworthy because of the games that Randall and Edwards and Scar had played, but you know that that was not good enough. In you know this, if we're going to defend with four and attack with six, that that set of personnel is not championship ready. So we have a um, we have a slight depth problem coming to light, don't we? Certainly, um, if we need to make wholesale changes to that front line. Exactly. Well, I mean, last season, obviously, Shuey was. He was renowned for his showy roulette and especially towards the end of the season. But looking at that run of six games, so for Exeter and Shrewsbury away, we've got two wins. Ennis, Cosgrove and Azaz with our uh, front three. And then for the next game, it's Hardy, Wright and Mayer. And then he slightly tinkered after that with Ennis, I think, coming in for for uh, Hardy. And while, while I bring that, I bring that up because we just can't do that this season, to my mind. You know, I think we were all feeling, when we saw those changes in April, it's like for like, it's kind of horses for courses, but in terms of quality, there wasn't a big change, you know? And that is what that is what concerns me this season. I know we can't have two million pound players on the bench. We can't have another Morgan Whitaker on the bench. I'm aware of that. But um Yeah, and I'm then I would say, Archie, I would say, Archie, don't be sad about what you don't have and be happy about what you do have. Yeah. I I, exactly. I wouldn't even call it I wouldn't even call it a problem. That there's no way with with the financial resources that we have, as well run as we are, we were never going to build a squad that is of the same quality as our first team. So what do you do then? You have to make sure you've got the the highest number of good players that you can. And we've done that. We've we've really pushed our limit, you know, from everything that you hear to get those two million pound players in. And I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth and umming and ahhing between the people that make the decisions about do we really go for it? And they went for it. And we've got a team that from yesterday we can see is an outstanding on their day championship outfit, I think. But I don't want to call it a problem because what will happen is we bring these players in this season, we bed them in, we've got a first team. That's We've done the best we possibly can, I, I believe. And then... We make it to next summer, and then that's when you start to build the squad. That's when you start to tweak those other other places. So I'm, I see our front four, our main guys, Pleggy. I see those as real bonuses to help us establish ourselves. I, I'm not worrying so much about the bench. Yeah, I mean the reality is that there will be games where we don't have the quality to bring on, or we have to start players because somebody's injured. And that might mean we don't get the results we're capable of with our starting eleven. But 
it certainly doesn't worry me. Last season, we had a heck of a buffer with Mayer injured, Azaz, Whitaker being recalled, Ennis, you know, when is he not injured? And I'm sure I'm missing many other names. Do you want to be back in League One? It sort of sounds like you're saying, God, those were the good old days when the B team could beat the others. um, To be honest, I would say our League One attacking options are better than what we have now. Um, We've only seen like four minutes of Bundu and he looked decent. Yeah, Bundu gives me hope and... You know, we we need him to be good, quite frankly. But it's um, I think it's touching what Tom said. These some of our players aren't even proven in League One, and that is what concerns me. I think my original point was when we are five 0 up at home. That's when you take, you're taking off your A team at that point because if you're not taking them off, then when are you taking them off? I uh, I'm gonna put the boxing gloves on, Alex. But I think it is a problem because I I, I share your sentiments generally. There is that you know, be grateful we're on a great road. This is a you know fairy tale position to be in. I was saying to you boys yesterday, you know, promoted to the championship a lot earlier than than we planned. This is a great ride. We've got a great team. We're very excited, very thankful to have what we do have. I don't want that to turn into imposter syndrome, but, you know, this is a fun ride. I'm thinking all about the positives. But it is a problem because we couldn't play those players on Tuesday night, according to our manager, whose judgment I trust implicitly usually. So it is a problem because it means that we can't seemingly play our best team even when they're not all injured. So if Again, he want, if we want to engage a rotation policy, those players are good enough. And I do back Archie up. And this is obviously something the club hasn't done consciously. I think it's quite clear that their aims to reinforce the front line have not gone to plan. But, you know, I would prefer to have Ennis and I would prefer to have Mayer than some of our options. I'm, I think you've got, to, you've got a split here. The next, what's next weekend will be the Chicago split. Um, <laughs> plug for the local pod if anybody's in Chicago um, like Guardiola came out in the week and was struggling they spent like hundreds of millions I couldn't have less sympathy if I'm honest but injuries happen and I don't think budget wise or, or expectation wise we can expect to have a squad of 22 championship players yet I think you can if you get relegated from the Premier League. And I think you probably, if you give it three or four years, talk about being a sustainable club, I think you build on that in the ways we talked about before, which would probably mean one of those fab four going for a lot of money. And you say, right, now we can have five one million pound players in the team. And then you sell another one and then you have a squad of players. And I think that's the ambition of the club. Still not completely convinced, said this last week, that he didn't just think we're going to get hammered at Bristol City and I want to go all out against Norwich. And if he did, Tom, one one lot of three points is better than two lots of one. Yeah, yeah, nicely thrown back at me. Uh, there, there is a bit of me, mate, that thinks this is, you know, this is this is the stuff I like to see because we're gambling on winning games and we've won one of them. I think if we'd drawn all the games, we'd have gone, oh, well, that's a draw, you know, good opposition and we're unbeaten and we're solid. But actually, we're no... We're no different to where we'd be now. We do need to prove we can win games, and our A team can win games. I'm surprised at the golf, if I'm being honest. Um, I think, like we said, we we've said on this pod a couple of times that it's become a little bit boring speculating on recruitment for Argyle because our team's done such a good job, and when players come out of nowhere, we assume them to be right. But I don't know what happened with Callum Wright yesterday. Um, I thought he was he was clearly our best signing from January in uh, League One, uh, superb at the back end last season. I didn't think he did a lot wrong against Bristol City, but somebody who knows football 
a bit more than me might be telling me it's something about what he didn't do rather than what he did do. Um, not on the bench yesterday, which I assume was a bit of a statement uh, from Shuey. Um, so maybe it's his head put, put, <laughs> put, put, Yeah, but put right aside um, that that recruitment drive we did in that January, actually six months on, um, doesn't look ready for the championship like like we mm. were kind of told that it was. Was that recruitment drive? Was that recruitment drive to get us over the line, and yeah. then we'll worry about it? Or was it? Yeah, it might, might have been sold to the board. Might have been sold to the board as 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 for the future. But Which, you know, I think Neil Neil Dusnit might revert to. He's a football man. Might revert to type. I think he thinks about the next result a little bit more than we give him credit for. As we obviously the board like to put less value on the immediacy of things. You got whether or not he was accountable, but you've got Kessler Hayden who didn't appear yesterday. Who's who's got talent. You can't say he's not a good player. Um, Wright was saying, can play the game. I think it's there are probably one or two that we all think we're going to be desperate if we have to use them. But I don't think it's as bad as you're making it sound. I think let's. I think we need to isolate it to the attacking position because I think yeah we do have depth in the other two areas, defence and midfield. Um, but to bring it back to the original question, Hardy going off in the 87th minute to me seems a bit crazy. If I'm being honest. A guy that we've got the league's top goal scorer, which Shuey's made wholesale changes in in the name of keeping things fresh. You know, you kind of gift, you're, you're gifted this you're opportunity here at home. I, I'm I'm not sh- I'm not sure, mate, and I tell you why. I think that your point's a valid one, but obviously because of that sort of what I call consider a poor decision in the week, I I'd like to think that the, the, the thing that came out of the Bristol game was that Ryan could have played the whole game. So um, yeah, there's. You know, I don't want to say the cotton wool. I mean, you know, we've got a risk. We've got to play players, and if they play, they're at risk of being injured. You'd be injured at any point of the game. Where I thought you were going with it was um, the changes. Where I think we're in the 80th minute, mm. is that right? So it's yeah. quite late. We did that against Huddersfield, um, and and the players were playing really well yesterday. Nobody deserved to be subbed. Now again, it's about the team. It's not about the individual. But I think it was testament. It was it was going to be really hard to substitute some of those players because they were doing really well. I thought where you were going with it was it was clear that we tired as much as Norwich made some changes impacted the game and maybe we're you know in second gear because we're five nil up or whatever but I felt their energy levels were were better they were they were they were still pushing in in the later parts and I felt we tired I felt Randall yeah look he's probably a nine out of ten if he doesn't tire uh Plaguey nine out of ten if that substitution doesn't happen Joe definitely dropped off a little bit as where Joe has got better in games so that um that is, I thought, where I thought the changes would be because, you know, a bit like in the Southampton game, I felt the better, stronger side with better facilities, better training and all that nonsense. You know, they they um, they, they were fitter there. So I would have used the changes there rather than go, oh, I need to put Ryan Hardy back in the box so he doesn't break for next week. Um, I think a bit of context, obviously, we've got to realise that this season we've got, you know, average on seven minutes added on time. So a ch- a point being, a change in the 80th minute is not what it looks and feels, you know. However, it's still it's still a guy playing 80 minutes, you know. You can't get can't get away from that. And for me, last season, one of our greatest strengths was having this kind of almost a starters and finishes around the hour mark or just after. You'd see two, three changes coming on, usually in an attacking sense, and they would often change the game. I don't see us having that this year. Plainly put, 
Bundu, who knows? I would love him to do well. Ben Wayne, Tariq Wright. And yesterday, to me, feels like the perfect time for Ben. If he's ever going to score, he's going to score when we're five lap at home against Norwich. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of thinking that as well. Let's get Ben Wayne a goal or two. No. I thought you were going to cut in there, Alex, and just said if you've, if we've we've all forgotten that we won six two with one of the greatest days at home park yesterday. Which actually, on reflection, you know, I've, we've, <laughs> we've kind of gone for the negative. It's you a very good point. You, <laughs> yeah. you just said it. You just said it for me. I, I don't know if it was you or Mark who said it earlier on. Foot on the throat. You know, um, maybe it was that. Maybe it was. Let's just keep this. Is this feels good? This feels great. We needed this. This is a. A big moment in our season. Let's just keep going. You know, how many goals can we rack up? Keep those guys on the pitch. Yeah, I understand we need to keep them healthy. But, you know, Shuey, as we as we know, he doesn't just do stuff on a whim. That the, the management team don't just do things. I don't know what the justification was for, for keeping those players on. But there is always a plan, even when it looks like there isn't one. Tuesday night, people were curious to know what on earth was going on but one thing I I don't know the the ins and outs of the plan but I'm 100% confident that there was one and there was a really really good reason for that we won 6-2 I'm just going to leave this one with the management team and say I'm sure there is a very good reason for it and maybe we'll see why in the future or we'll learn why I'm not sure and going back to your point there Archie I'm obviously we don't need to we've made enough of a point about how great our our Fab Four are Hardy and Whitaker tearing it up. Top first and second, I think, of goal contributions, which I believe is goals and assists combined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's context there. We've scored a lot of goals. We've let in a lot of goals. We play really open football. There's probably some players at Millwall who are, I think, a point better off than us, but there's been barely any goals in their game. You know, their strikers are probably getting annoyed that they're not getting their goal bonuses in because their manager's making them try and win 1 0. So um, it's fruits of our labour. That's not me trying to take any gloss of the guys. They're doing really well. And obviously they were very clinical yesterday. Six goals, great return for what we um for what our game plan was trying to achieve. Um but you know, that's I think we're gonna be top of those charts. And there we're gonna have pen out a lot of goals and assist bonuses and very few clean sheet bonuses. Yeah, I mean no one's really answered the question yet in terms of I mean, six two by and large is kind of irrelevant to this question. If those two get injured, and Basin, I'm not you know, speculating, I'm looking at last season's injury record, where we had a fair amount of injuries, nothing major, but, you know, one to three months for almost all of our attacking players. If Morgan or Ryan are injured, what then? We still, have a, loan, we still have a loan available because of the, the smart way we played the Bundu card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and, and who knows whether... I'll get the wrong player, obviously. But didn't Tyreek Wright play off a big striker? Was someone saying that recently? You never know. Mm. Bundu and Wright could be this unique combination that clicks. But to quote Gino DeCampo, <laughs> um, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike. Like, why are we, why are we worrying about something that hasn't happened? I, I can see both. I can see, but I can see both your points. It, it, it's it's not lost on me because uh, we played Norwich yesterday. Both their main strikers were injured. It happens. We played Preston last week. Both of their strikers were injured, and they were still really tough games. 
Um, I think if Wright, uh, sorry, if Whitaker and Hardy are injured, I don't think we're giving anybody a game like Preston and Norwich gave us. I, and that's habitual, possibly to our budget and our stature and the fact we've just been promoted. I hear all of that, um, Alex and Chris. If but, Whitaker uh, was injured, if Whitaker was injured, I don't think we would have seen Hardy stay on the pitch. So, yeah, he left them both on. Yes, he could have taken them off earlier. But I do think if there was, we had an issue with an injury or we were depleted a bit in in terms of those front four, I'm sure he would have been a lot more proactive about bringing those, protecting those players like you're kind of saying. We've got the full quota out of those top guys up top at the moment. So what are the chances of all four of them or two of them going crocked in the same game? I think if there was, if there was an injury issue, he would be a lot more pragmatic about managing them. And we see, I've seen that a lot over here. It's been a weird start to the NFL season where kind of key players have been wiped out for the season very early on. It can happen. You can go and spend uh, an absolute fortune <laughs> and your quarterback injures himself on the second play and he's out for the year. Like you, it's not exclusive to football, no matter to Plymouth. And possibly that does justify the Bristol City one because again, the more minutes you play, you know, that the the more likely that's gonna happen. But Archie, you 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 turned around to and said nobody's answered the question. I mean, I, I I don't know what your answer answer be. We need to go and spend five million pounds on players that we don't have, mate. And uh yeah, so we, it's, we've it's got a, we've a, got we've got the we got the cards we got. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um yeah, to be fair, I don't know what the answer is either. I, I think for me, I feel a bit sorry for Tariq Wright. He has a forty-five minutes and gets hooked, and he's kind of playing with Plymouth Argyle B team, if we're being honest. Or certainly not the, you know, that's not who we're playing in the cup final. That starting eleven, and you know, it, is it his fault that we're two 0 down in ten minutes? No, and then he's hooked at halftime, and he's not in even on the bench for the next game. So for, I'm looking at it from a Tariq Wright perspective. And then let's say, you know, a Morgan Whitaker, Reinhard, you're injured next week. And then he's got to come flying into the team and hit the ground running a bit. It feels hard on him, if I'm being honest. And that's where I'm wanting to see a bit more game time for Wayne, for Wright. You know, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And they're not having any of it. Firstly, you said hard on. I'm never going to leave school in my head. <laughs> um, the... Hard oh, on. What happened to the team yesterday can happen to an individual. They came off the back of a terrible performance and looked amazing. One game can change a player where they just find their feet. They do something special. Um, I thought Wayne looked good last year. He scored a couple of important goals for us. And, and the chances need to be there to be taken if it comes to you. You don't need to necessarily create opportunities for those individuals, I guess, is my point. All they need someone. Someone scores a late winner, and they can be a hero. And maybe they get in the team, and maybe they come good. What was good to spot yesterday, just to wrap this point up, I tell you what we've not mentioned is that we definitely had. It was definitely a thing last year. If we had a bad result, we could turn it around, and uh, that seems to have continued. I mean, not not that, that result, but performance probably is performance better than exactly. Better. So I think that was it. Last This season, we've had some good performances where we didn't win because we've gone up a division. But it's the first time we played badly and then bounced back so far the other way. That's a great sign. Mm, and Shuey did, you know, Shuey was of the opinion that, that, that Tuesday to Bristol City was, was individuals not performing well rather than, you know, not having the facilities to select the players he wanted. Um, 
I'm not sure about that. I think they were both contributory, but um, you know, he clearly felt some individuals didn't play well on Tuesday, and he felt the team collective wasn't there. Um, and look, we can't complain. They came back with the, it was it was a nigh on perfect response, wasn't it? That game yesterday will take. We will remember that throughout the rest of the season because I know it's a bit of a cliche almost, it sounds like, but I, I believe it in that this division is so even in terms of game by game. And, you you know, this is the one, the last division in the world you'd bet on, any money on. Um, I love it. I think it's the best division in the world. I absolutely love this division. Even when we're not in it, I just... Great clubs, good quality football, I absolutely love it. But the thing about this division is we can take that result and go into every single game now and know that we can win it if we perform. And I don't know if that belief was 100% there before. We kind of backed ourselves. We thought people are going to underestimate us. We know what we're capable of. But that result yesterday, really, really, those will plant that belief in the players that it does not matter who we're playing if we play to our best and we nullify them through Shuey's plans, we can beat them. And that seeps into the crowd, mate, which, uh, you know, was was discussed whether, you know, the crowd's anxiety isn't helpful. But, you know, that seeps into the stadium, into the stands. That's win, I think, 23 out of 27. Fortress Home Park. We were talking about it in the week about how contributory the, the, pe- the fans are to sort of um, being dominant at home. And that result, the players did that yesterday. I'm not sort of, this isn't a dig at our fans, but the players did that yesterday. The fans reacted and we'll be able to go into many home matches this season now, no matter what the result was beforehand. Um, With that in mind, mate, I completely agree with you. Uh, Looking at home park, 3.5 goals a game we're averaging at the moment there, which is, um, I don't expect it to continue, be impossible to, but it's quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now we need to go uh, to Hull in search of um, some away points, mate, because we've only picked up one so far. Yeah, and looking away, it's 0.75 goals per game, so it's quite a change, and only one point out of four games. Um, yeah, we seriously need to start picking up some points on the road. Are we going to do it in the glorious city of culture that is Hull? Chris, are you jealous you're not going on that away day? <laughs> I was glad I was on mute. Um I say city of culture. I think it, it really was, you know, once upon a time, but possible. It's got a great aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's an irony. I think we've talked about this before that if you forget the football, I'd much rather go to an away game than a home game. Still now, even though I don't get so many home games, it's a different experience for a whole host of reasons. Um, we talked in the week, so you've made wholesale changes, right? Now, two games in a row. Yeah, yep. changed it for Bristol, changed it back. Now is it stick a twist? I mean, everything says you might look at that and go, why change a team that won 6-2, right? There you go. Pick The team's picked itself for next weekend. But has it? I think that's the interesting question. Like, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure, mate. I'm looking at, we've got Millwall and Swansea, both winnable games at home. And I'm not saying I agree with this, but the only the only way I can look, <laughs> the same, it'll be the Bristol City lineup. Yeah, is that that, that Shuey rest players against Hull because I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to take Millwall lightly and um, change there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of changes. We'll see enough of a pattern there. That's what will be interesting. Is 
this week kind of at the moment stands alone in isolation and we've got the shock team selection of Tuesday and then we've got the full first team firing on all cylinders on Saturday and everyone's still kind of trying to figure out what the strategy is. We'll see over those games, Tom, like you say, we'll start to see whether this is a a longer term approach to the season or whether it was just a one-off experiment that he thought he'd try and it didn't quite quite come off. Um, So that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds over the next few weeks. Mm, Running into an international break, I'd like to think our players, our best team can play three matches in seven days because if we can't, Alex, then coming back to your point about it's not being a problem, I would then say it is a problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm speaking more in terms of not about the squad depth, but just where Shuey where Shuey thinks he can pick up points. Has he sat down and they've, as a lot of managers do, and target one point here, three points there. Even if he hasn't done it properly, he's probably looking at the fixtures list like all of us and thinking, right, Swansea home, Millwall home, definitely want three points there. Hull away, they've had a good start. Lots of one nils and two ones and and draws and things, but they've been against some good sides. Their results don't really give much away. Um, they're sitting equal on points with Norwich at the moment. We just beat Norwich six two, um, so who knows? Away from home, oh, it's going to be really tough. It's it's hard to think. I, I'm I'm not sure I can reconcile with my position with with the fact that they've written off the away games. But I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there's, you just like I said, we've got 23 home games. We're great at home. We can clearly beat anybody with our best team. So let's pick up two points a game. That's 46. That's probably enough on the basis we don't lose literally every game away from home. That, that might be the case. It might be that we're just thinking more longer term when we go to away matches. I don't but, think they yeah. have. I just think it'll be interesting to see a pattern over the next games to see if there is a home and away strategy, a different one. Not saying they've written them off necessarily. That's a bit extreme. But are they being really pragmatic in the way in the way that they approach it? And 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 sorry, on and on how Hull approach it. Because it obviously suits us when the other team tries to attack if we're playing the formation we played yesterday. Like we look completely ruthless on the break. Whereas Preston were just that ruthlessly efficient score and sit back, um, which we found difficult. So Back to you, Alex. Like, didn't I didn't used to do this when we were playing Cheltenham. We always pick on Cheltenham, but I think the sophistication of the opposition and how they approach us is 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 a bigger factor too, because they might look at it and go, "This lot are, have the capability to score for fun. When they score for fun, they tend to score on the counter. Maybe we just sit back." Hull City, the only team to um, beat Leicester this season. They're currently sitting fourth in the table. It's going to be tough. You'd take a point, wouldn't you? You'd take a point. Yeah, absolutely. No, never. Never. (laughs) Never. We just look what we've just been talking about. You know, go for the win. Who cares? Who cares about a point? Three points. Well, could, you know, this season, Alex made the point. I love the way, I mean, we were talking about being negative, Alex, but you've like written off the idea of the Premier League because the championship's so great, <laughs> allegedly, for entertainment. Um, wins. We we jumped about seven places yesterday with a win. Win, 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 win. We've got to try and win football matches. We'll know, we'll do better for the number of wins we get, not the defeats we avoid. Um, that said, Chris, yes, I take a point. 
but try and win the bloody game. <laughs> I'd love to see. I'd love to see us in the Premier League, Tom. And yeah, that is the ultimate goal. But I think you ask Championship fans, the the yo-yo clubs. Maybe it's because they get promoted rather than relegated. But everybody loves the Championship, playing in the Championship, get away days in the Championship more than that nonsense division. Oh, so much rubbish tied up in that division. Uh, love being here. Happy to stay here for a couple of seasons before we uh, make our promotion push, just to enjoy it. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, Alex, prediction, what are you saying? 5-2? Um, I'm going to go for a draw on this one. 1-0. One Chris? We might win 1-0. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm certainly going very, very low scoring looking at their games. They're all... There's certainly no 6-2s in there. I think it's tough. I'll be honest. I think it's really tough. And, and Hull City I'm 6, Plymouth Argyle 2. You can hear it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aware we can't... Just we say can't. Your, your, your swing, Chris, of your predict... I mean, that is a record, isn't it? Chris predicted the 2-0 defeat against uh, Norwich. And it was a... That's a six-goal swing. That's quite yeah. impressive. Well, the the only thing I'm worse at than predicting is using podcast microphones. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, saying that, I did flippantly joke we could easily go and win four nil. You know, it's last week. It's not, on Tuesday. It's not likely, but you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah, we won yeah, by was, four. It, you know, it, it was. It I, was I guess my point is, I've got no clue. Way. Yeah. <sighs> Tom, um, it's difficult. Just for people won't relate to this, but as we're as we're recording this, Hull are dispatching Stoke uh, literally live before our eyes. Two goals have just gone in in front of my eyes, um, mm. away from home, I might add. Um, Scott Twine plays for Hull as well. Oh, goodness. One of the best performances I've ever seen from an individual at home park. Um, I think we're going to uh, play like we did yesterday with the back three. Uh, so, I, But I think it's going to be tighter and I think it's going to be one all. But one I'd like all. us to try for the win. I'd like us to try for the win. I'd like us to be pushing for a winner if we can, rather than trying to sit on a point. Just in we're, a, we're, we're a quarter of the way, almost, to what we need for safety in this division. So when, we, when we're trying to figure out what the kind of strategy is in the division, is it just, is it just go and win every game? Is it just put your best team out, do your best to get as many points as you can in each game, or is it knowing we've got a thin squad um, compared to some other teams in the division? Get just go as hard and fast as you can to get to that point, hoping that nobody gets injured. Get into that forty-six points or whatever it was to, to be safe. We're nearly a quarter of the way there already, so that's a good sign. Um, let's go to Hull. Let's go for three points, and then by January we can have our feet up and enjoy the rest of the season. All right. Let's see if you'll be having your feet up in a few minutes' time as we do some uh, shoey spiel, the return of shoey spiel. Um, yeah, we'll be back in a sec. All right, then, let's do it. Let's jump into shoey spiel. It's been a while. I know you've missed it. And this one's a monster one. It's a big one. Albeit there's only 16 answers. Uh, during the sh- uh, low and shoey era, there's been many wins, many three, four nils, but not no fives or sixes until yesterday, of course. And that's going to be the theme 
for this week's quiz. The last time we scored five goals was actually under Derek Adams when we defeated Rochdale 5-1 in February 2019. Then you go back to 2017, six six goals against uh, Newport as we sealed promotion. And then you're going back to January 2004 when we beat uh, Chesterfield 7-0. So those uh, four games are going to be what we base our quiz on. And what you have to do is name... (laughs) The 16, well, 16 goal scorers from across those four games. Right, questions? Yeah, what was the fourth they... game? Yeah. What were the four games? Norwich, scored? Rochdale, oh, this, oh, this Newport, oh, today. Chesterfield. Right, okay, I'm with you. I only heard, I, you, I only heard three, but you meant, you meant yeah, this, no. week, this yeah. game as well. Okay. So obviously so... we scored more than 16 goals, but there's only 16 goal scorers. And we've got 16 thre- different yeah. goal scorers. And Thank you very thre- much. And we've got three kind of pretty iconic eras there. Obviously, there's two games under, under Derek Adams. One is yesterday, so that's good for you, Chris. And, um, <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, we've got the Chesterfield one, which is also... Yeah, Could we beat out anybody else using yesterday's? <laughs> um, I think right. we can do this, t- uh, Tom, with a bit of teamwork. To be honest, here we go, flipping. Teamwork. I'm written, quite confident. Written, written our friends off. Uh, I know. Th- thanks a lot yeah. for that. Mark. Yeah, really, uh, and you, Alex. <laughs> you just need some more coffee. All right, uh, Callum, Miami. Oh, oh, you can kick us off. Morgan Whitaker. Yeah, Patrick Hero. Only one point though. Alex. Thanks for the charity by letting me go second. Um, Finazaz. Yep, one from yesterday. Mark? Dan Scar. Hmm. Back in the team. Tom? Uh, Super Luke Cundall. There we go, and that's yesterday ticked off. There we go. There we go. Now now Chris is, um, now he's bricking it. Well, Chris. This, is, this, is, this is the quiz. This is the actual quiz. Yeah. Rochdale, Newport, <laughs> Chesterfield. Just There's words. two promotion seasons in there and one relegation season. So it's about as memorable as it gets. Well, yeah, it is if you like Argyle Rain Man, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> can you give me a clue? They play a, for Argyle. Oh, I've a got French, one. A Frenchman. One of our yeah. most current Marseille of uh, Frio. Frio. Patrick Hero against you. Chesterfield. Alex. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. Um, Graham Carey. Yeah, he got one, just one against Newport. But he did score. Mark. Is it me? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go for Jake Jervis. Yes. Iconic picture of him celebrating in front of the Devonport, wasn't there? Two goals against Newport. Oh, do I get two points? Thanks. Cheers. Fortunately not. Tom? Um, privilege to have been at all of these games, all four. Wow. Um, uh, we're going to be, there's going to be a few redheads coming up. Um, if only in my answers, maybe some others. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with Nathan Lowndes. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Nathan Lowndes scored two goals against Chesterfield. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Look, there was a, there was a subtle clue in my answer, Chris. Redheads. I probably have to give you the game I'm referring to and his first name. Yeah, do that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. You, you um, can get eliminated from these quizzes, but Archie's yeah. normally very, very fair. Right. Okay. Here's a round of clues coming in. You've got someone that left for substantial money, a striker. Who only spent one season with us? Um, who else? We've got someone that. Ladipo. Yeah, you know, yeah, all right. Okay. I was going <laughs> to give you a list of clues, but that, all right, that's it. Alex. I can't Ryan wait. Taylor. Ryan Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> right. I'm in trouble. And if no, I'm but I'm, else, in trouble. I'm not going to. I was going to give you a set of clues, and I was going to set you up for the rest of the quiz, and then you cut. Whatever. Right. You jumped, you jumped in with a right you, you, you can only lead the horse to water, Archie. Yeah. Uh, no. Sorry, who did you say, Alex? Alex, who was I said Ryan. I said Ryan Taylor. Is he any other redhead I can think yep. of? Yep. There you go. That was it. Mark. Well, I'm pretty sure. Um, actually, the, the the guy that we got from Manchester City. Yeah. Who turned out not to be that. All that good, but I think mm. he scored this day with his left foot. Or Ashley Smith Brands. Yes, that, that's that's probably the hardest name in the pack. Ashley Smith Brown scored the fifth goal. I agree with that. <laughs> it was on the tip of your tongue, right? Tom, I think you know, I hope no one else gets. What was his name? Ashley. I don't remember him at all. Ashley Smith Brown. Uh, Tom. Uh, yeah, okay. So in that game, there was a goal for Oscar Threlkeld. Yeah. One of Annabelle's best customers. I think he's got surely got the record for the record amount of debuts for Plymouth Argyle. That's a quiz for another time. Chris. At least I'd know the answer if it's a quiz where the answer is <laughs> him. Are you going to give me some clues last time? Uh, you, yeah, if you keep stum, I can. I'll try and rattle some off. Um, okay, well, I, I think this is it. We're in our last round. Here we are. All right, we've got a centre back who battled with a very serious illness and actually came back to score in this game. Um, then we got. Well, that's a hard one. Aloni, a winger. Aloni came on loan, did very well, and got us promoted. Uh, scored in the derby. February 2017, I was there. Okay, then going all the way back to 2004, you got a Northern Irishman, and I don't know how to explain this guy. He's... Capaldi. Yeah, yeah. There's another yeah, one that's which is never hard. in doubt. So there's only th uh, he's got Capaldi, who's becoming a one, recurring... two, three left. So oh, you're yeah, done, actually, Chris. Yeah, you, you've we, you've steamrolled through that, Chris. You you finished. It's like yesterday. Is it, is yeah. it me next? Uh, no, Alex. Alex. It's me next. A winger who came in and did very well. Uh, Banton. No. Gil Bacata. Mark Lovell. Well, he, 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 can't, he can't have another go, so that's a red. Yeah, but I can't get a red on default. It's really, really, I really don't uh, mind. It felt, like a, it, felt like, it felt like a two-footer. Stay, stay in your <laughs> lane. Stay in your lane. Right, Chris. Oh, uh, Mark. Uh, 
Mark. Can I have a go, don't please? Worry. Yeah, don't worry, Chris. <laughs> Matty Kennedy. Yes, that's your winger. Oh, blimey. Scored two against Newport. Yeah, made quite an impact. Only with us for a few months, well, six months or so. Right, still so now we're... For, um, still playing for Northern Ireland, teammate Connor Hazard. Yeah, I don't know where he is. I think he's at, is he at St. Johnston. Definitely at Pat Dean for a bit. Might be at St. Johnston now with that XR garlic group. Kerry, Jeff got. Um, and a goalie. Tom. Yeah, uh, oh, there's, there's another left. clue in there. Right? Oh, no, there's two left. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Tom. There's two left. Sorry, there was a clue in the uh, Threlkeld one about debuts for Argyle, and this guy made a couple of debuts because he joined us as a young man and then came back for a lot longer spell later on, and that man is Lee Hodges. Yeah. Well, a good clue. I couldn't figure out a clue for him. I was um, struggling. Um, right, Chris. There's something brilliant about, um, about actually answering the question with a clue and a little speech. Like, one day, much as I love you, Tom, you're going to do that, and it'll be like, no. No, that's completely wrong. <laughs> you know, he flew in on the third of March. On yes, and then he turned up at the stadium you know in purple else. shorts. And it is no, it isn't. I, obviously, I don't know. I'm red card. Um, I, I reckon you can get this, mate. I'll I'll, uh, I'll help you out as always. Um, he shares the same name as our current A special actor. friend. <laughs> no, he changed his name with what? No, he didn't change. <laughs> Changed his name. <laughs> no names were changed. He's got the same name as our current ca current captain. Don't just Think. say Joe Edwards. Think. Oh yeah. Centre back. Got the same. Well, you, you must just mean his surname, yep. not the full name. No. Edwards. <laughs> Edwards. Edward. Edward Edwards. <laughs> that feels like a rap. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> He's not even putting it together. I'm giving him the language. Put... You to invest in a we invest in a in a, in a good dump button. I've, I've put I've given you both names and all you had to do is put one and one together and got two. That's like <laughs> very early. Ryan Edwards, centre back. He left us after we got relegated, and he's now. I think he was playing at Dundee for a bit. I don't know where he is now. Ryan Edwards. He scored against Rochdale. Thank you, Chris. That's what I said. Edwards, Edwards. <laughs> you. <laughs> right. Um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I think we should maybe keep this to a monthly quiz. Well, it takes about a month as well, anyway. So. <laughs> we can all go go research who. Um, Edwards, Edwards is all right. Cheers. I guys. feel sorry for all the people hearing the uh, hearing the, the edited version, thinking that it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll leave things there, and um, yeah, we'll be back with you next week. Cheers. All right, there we have it. Thank you ever so much for listening, and a wee apology for Chris. Sorry, Chris, for calling you a moron. That was poor form. You're anything but, mate. Uh, we really appreciate Chris and Alex getting up at the crack of dawn, five and six o'clock, uh, to record this one. Um, yeah, good excuse to have a shocker in the in the pod quiz, though. Huh? But uh, yeah, sorry, Chris. And a wee bit of housekeeping. The uh, we've got a 
bit of a giveaway coming out soon, actually. Some signed memorabilia, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll uh, keep you updated via the pod or our Twitter page. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. And until then, uh, yeah, take it easy and cheers for listening. Oh, one last thing. When I say sign memorabilia, obviously from the uh, current Argyle squad. Not us. We haven't quite uh, reached that level yet. Edwards, Edwards. What? Edward, I think, Edwards. with all due respect, you needed to say he shares the same surname as... Thank you. Our Clarence. Yeah, but we got there. He said, he said Edwards, and I said, yeah. It's, it's Eddie Edwards. is Eddie the Eagle, isn't he? <laughs>